Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, I'm so glad you could be with me for this episode today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. After being hurt in significant relationships, knowing if you're ready to start dating again and knowing how to put yourself out there can just really be frustrating and full of uncertainty. I'm joined in this conversation by Stephanie May Wilson, and Stephanie is going to share with us some insight into how to know if you're ready to start dating again and how to navigate that process. Something I've learned in my season as a single mom is that loneliness actually does not have that much to do with being alone. Hurt from our relationships in the past causes us stress around relationships in the present, And the ways that we have learned to deal with that stress can help us to feel safe, but actually keep us away from the meaningful relationships that we desire. To start to unravel this, to identify your stress style and discover the pathway to healing, you can take our quiz called What's Your Stress Style? And you'll find a link for that down in the show notes. Dating is somewhat trial and error, and sometimes it feels like more error. But one of the things that I really appreciate about Stephanie's approach in this conversation is the fact that even when it feels like we failed, we haven't necessarily lost. Here's my conversation with Stephanie May Wilson. Stephanie, I'm so excited to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here and excited to get to connect with you and your people. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Yes, it is. (laughs) And we are going to break it all down. We're going to ask some of the, the questions that are on everybody's minds. And one of them being, though, and the place I'd love for us to start off is with this question of, am I ready? Or how do I know if I'm ready? You know, because a lot of listeners and myself included have been through some rough stuff. And so we know maybe there's some mistakes that we've made that we don't want to repeat, or there's been some terrible things that have happened that we want to avoid in the future, but we're not really sure maybe where the best place to start is. So what do you think though, that really means to be ready to date and what goes into that? Yeah. Oh man. There's so many pieces to this. I feel like I could talk about this for you know, all day. First of all, I want to say I can totally relate to that to um, going through really hard things. I feel like in my, you know, dating journey, I had a taste of like every experience you could have. And I mean, of course, that's not totally true, but that's what it felt like. It felt like, you know, I had really strong feelings for someone who you know, didn't return them or, you know, we like, you know, I I was in great relationships, bad relationships, medium relationships, relationships where their feelings were stronger for me, relationships where my feelings were stronger for them, relationships that were unhealthy, relationships that were healthy and looked great on paper, but just kind of didn't work out relationships that were messed up by timing, by circumstances, like just so many different things. And it is really hard to have your heart hurt that badly. And then to go for it again, <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, I mean, like as moms, we know it's like, okay, you burn your hand, you don't touch it again. Right. And, and I mean, right. hopefully we can prevent burns before they happen, but it's like, the hope is that, that you don't have to feel this hurt more than once. Yeah. Um, but that's not the story when it comes to love and dating and relationships. A lot of times there's a lot of hurt on the way to a really, you know, successful, hopefully lifelong relationship. And one of the things I want to say is that that's really normal. Like, I think that we have this idea that um, if we're doing this right, we're in one relationship and that's it. And we never get our heart broken. Like a lot of times getting your heart broken seems like it's indicative of failure. Mm-hmm. And that's not true mm-hmm. when it comes to relationships. It's a real trial and error situation. Um, that's really painful and yeah. it would be nice if it didn't have to be that way, but um, that is really normal. So if you have a string of relationships that haven't worked out, that's the same as almost everybody else. It mm-hmm. just takes some trying on you know, some different 
scenarios, some different, like, you know, mesh, how your personality meshes with other people's before you, you find the right fit. Um, but that being said, like, how do you decide if you're ready to, to do it all again? I, there, there are several things that I, you know, always tell people to consider. One of the biggest things is you don't have to be fully healed from what you've been through in the past, but you need to have really started the process and like made some, some pretty solid headway into it. Um, I, you know, I think sometimes we don't date or put ourselves out there because we're like, well, I'm not totally healed forever and ever, you know I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not perfect. Well, okay. That's not the requirement by any stretch, but it is important that, that you've healed from some things because a lot of times unhealed hurts turn into, um, patterns. So when, when we, when we haven't figured out what happened, how did it happen? You know, how can I do something differently or, um, how, how could I have, yeah. How could I have navigated this differently or who can I ask for help next time? Or, you know, until we sort of do that, um, that recap, that digging into to what happened and then actually healing from it, we're really way more likely to repeat to for history to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is I think when our hearts are really broken, we're not able to really be open to, to someone else. I went on a date with this really, really great guy, um, probably six months after a really significant relationship in my life. And I will never forget. I mean, the date was great. He was great. And I was like, you know, totally flattered that he asked me out. And um, we were chatting kind of, you know, halfway through the date. And he said, so tell me about your last relationship. And this was after like, you know, where you're from, where are you from? How many siblings do you have? You know, just, we were talking through all the things, but he asked me that. And it was like, my brain didn't even, my heart didn't consult my mind at Mm. all. It just, I just started sobbing Mm. and I'm sitting there like talking to this guy on this date, just like, ugly crying into tissues, like blowing my nose. Oh, no. And like, it's not surprising that he didn't ask me out again. Like oh. that was our only date. <laughs> but I mean, it just, I, even though this guy was really great, I wasn't, my heart still really belonged to someone else. And I hadn't done all of the hard work of doing the disconnecting, doing the healing, mm-hmm. um, and giving it enough time before I was able to, to really connect my heart with someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think healing is a really important thing. And I don't know, um, if this has been part of your story, Michelle, but my, one of my favorite tools in the world is therapy. And, um, I have spent, you know, several seasons in counseling with just wonderful people who have helped me heal from some things that I just couldn't get through on my own. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another thing I think we think we need to be able to figure this out on our own and that's not true either. So yeah. really walking through some healing. Um, but another question that I really, asked myself and, and encourage people to ask themselves is one, do you want to be in a relationship? Mm. Like you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to put yourself out there right now or ever. There's no requirement that, um, if you, if you're still really hurting, if you're still feeling really bruised from what's happened in the past, if you're like having just no desire to, to try this again right now, then don't, you don't have to, um, but then if you do want to be in a relationship, kind of the last thing I would say is um, ask yourself why. Mm. And the thing that we're looking for here is it's really tempting to try to heal old things with new things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of times, I mean, I've made this mistake more times than I can count where I've put myself out there or started talking to someone or been in full relationships because um it made me feel a little bit less empty for a while mm-hmm. or yeah. the attention felt really good, or I was trying to get over someone else. And so I thought that like, you know, getting into a new relationship would help that. And using a relationship as a bandaid is never the best way through. Yeah. It's always so much better to do the actual healing. Um, we'll be so much better in our future relationships if we do that, than if we kind of stack um, band-aids on top of each other. Mm-hmm. It's cause, cause the past, like if, if we're not, it's all the things that we're, we're running from will come back up. That's right. So yeah. That's yes. yeah. Those are, those are some of the big things I think. Yeah. No, I love that imagery of the difference between disconnecting from someone else so that you are ready to connect. And that was actually an interesting place where I started noticing poor patterns of relating and whether that was dating or friendships, but 
I had done the work of disconnecting from my ex-husband, but yet was still seeing some unhealthy patterns in subsequent relationships that I couldn't any longer go, hmm, that's, you know, that's somebody else's, you know, bad behavior, whatever. I'm inviting this, right? And it was recognizing I don't know how to allow myself to connect. I I do these things that really are protective so that I can't connect fully. I can't be emotionally vulnerable. I cannot mm. fully put myself out there. And sometimes that looks like a wall, you know, people are really familiar if they're putting up a wall with I'm keeping you at arm's length. Mm-hmm. But what I was doing. I didn't even realize was pushing people away. I didn't realize, for example, having poor boundaries actually is something that keeps healthier people at a distance because you're connecting in a way that is unhealthy, but it actually invites in unhealthy people that you can't connect with because they are in an unhealthy space too. So that preparing yourself to connect aspect, I think is really, it's, it's the other part of this. So even if you are maybe detached from a person who hurt you in the past. For me, this came from connecting in a relationship with God Mm -hmm. so that I knew what healthy receiving felt like to the extent where I was like, okay, now I've got peace with within myself. I'm not, you know, walking completely, you know, without anxiety and those kinds of things. I'm like, you know, normal human, like anybody else, but I understand now like what that peace within feels like. And I want to protect that. I don't want to anymore just be anything to everybody and allow somebody who can't connect and can't reciprocate to destroy what I have worked so hard to to establish as a new launching point from starting relationships. Yeah. I don't know if this um, this analogy will, will resonate with you at all, but um, so I, I don't know if this happens to you, but I get uh, like hangry, like mm-hmm. not just hungry, but like mm-hmm. there will be points where I, you know, I have, I've waited way too long. Like I was hungry and then I just waited longer. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm ravenous and I'm frustrated and I'm crabby and I'm not like my brain has shut down. And, um, I am looking for just anything and, and everything mm-hmm. to try to, to fill this, like, yeah hunger within me. And I make really poor decisions in Mm -hmm. those moments. Like one, I fill my belly with things that are like not good for me. And then also I, I feel like I'm sort of, um, there's like collateral damage in the process. You know, I've snapped at my friend. I've, you know, my mom's called me and I've, I've told her I don't have time to talk or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, um, we're not thinking clearly. And so I think that that's one of the things that can happen when we address these other parts of our lives and actually do the work that needs to be done in our lives. We, we have our belly full in so many ways, like with friendship, with our, our relationship with God, we're really grounded. We know who we are and we know what we're worth. And so we're not looking for that in someone else. Like our belly is full. And so we can go out and make really good, healthy decisions. Um, not, decisions spurred on by like feeling empty. Yeah. Like lonely and desperate and just um, like we're aware that there's a hole there that needs to be filled. But often if we're filling it with something that's not meant to be the filler Mm -hmm. (laughs) that ultimately we come at it from a place that is from lack. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest difference in, in being able to connect healthfully with someone is not approaching from scarcity or lack and rather from a place of, yeah, I might have stuff to work on still. Yeah. I'm going to feel, you know, that, that whole of, wouldn't it be nice to have a companion? Like that's Mm -hmm. okay. Right. But, um, if I am experiencing that as being my driver to connect with someone, it will ultimately end up driving me into a situation where I'm going to end up probably getting hurt to the point then it's like, this is pointless. Like, is there anybody good out there at all anyway? But we're just approaching it from a thing, you know, from a place that ultimately is leading us straight towards the kind of situations we don't want. And so then we're going to have to do things differently within ourselves and really do that work because it's only then that I think we start to also though then become attracted to things that are healthy. Because I think when we're in that lack space, 
we're looking for something like really spectacular. <laughs> you know, we're looking for something that, or just for all the wrong reasons, we're looking for something that's going to fill that hole and then some, you know, it's that thing that's going to, yes, I will have a person, but then I'm also going to feel really desirable or I'm also going to feel really pretty. I'm also going to feel really worthy because this person liked me. And so we're looking for that person who makes us feel those things. Whereas it may be that the person that is really a great healthy fit for us on on the surface doesn't really necessarily look like the most exciting or um, you know sparks flying like kind of of a match. So as far as meeting people though, let's like let's dive in towards that direction a little yeah. bit. So if we're if we're doing this work though, and we're kind of wanting to be more open to saying, okay, maybe I do have these patterns of, of this type, you know, and that I've seen where that's hurt me in the past. So I want to, you know, open myself to something different. Um, there's a couple of avenues for this. The first I want to touch on is the most obvious, the most prevalent, I think in our day and age, which is online dating. Mm -hmm. And for many listeners, online dating has been frustrating, but it may really logistically be the best thing. You know, when, when we're, taking care of kids and work and the home and all these things. We just have to do something. Sometimes that's more efficient, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, and we may just live in an area where it's, there's, it's hard to meet people. Maybe you live in a smaller town or something like that. So yep. when it comes to online dating though, to shift, you know, maybe into something that is healthier and to find those better matches, what is a mindset and some habits that can help us to perhaps change the way that we've been doing things in the past? Yeah, for sure. Um, my like favorite way to think about this right now um, comes from back in December, our childcare situation changed all of a sudden. And both my husband and I work full-time. And so we need help taking care of our kids. And I know everyone can relate to that. It's this I just, it's wild. It is wild. Um, childcare in the U S right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, so I, I got on, you know, care.com and was looking for someone to help out with the girls. And, um, it's my like truly most recent online dating story because yeah. that's what it felt like. Yes. It was like, okay, I'm making my profile. I'm trying to like be clear about what I'm looking for. I'm trying to be, you know, a, an attractive option for people who are also looking, you know, who are on the other side of this. Um, and it was wildly frustrating mm -hmm. because there were so many times where I would connect with someone and I would think, okay, this person sounds great. I'm going to reach out to them and I would never hear back. Or I would hear back from someone and we would chat for a minute and it seemed like a promising thing, but then I would never hear from them again. Or I would talk to someone and it was like going somewhere and then they would take a job with someone else. And I just was like so beaten down by this and I was frustrated and honestly desperate. And, and I wasn't looking for... Um, just anybody. I was looking for the right person. And then the stakes are really high. Like mm -hmm. the stakes are really high when we're looking for a life partner yeah. and the stakes are really high when we're entrusting our children to someone yes. mm -hmm. um, high in a different way, but they're both, those are some really high stakes. So it's a lot of pressure. Um, but one of the things that I uh, made sure to do, because I know this to be true about online dating is the same as uh, something like care.com, but online dating is not a place to date. It's a place to meet people. Mm. It's it shouldn't be called online dating. It should be called, you know, an online introduction service. It's mm -hmm. just a way of you figuring out who is in the world without having to run into them at a restaurant, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so so one of the things that's really important is to as quickly as possible get off the app. Like do a FaceTime. That's you know, the thing that we did when we were interviewing a whole bunch of babysitters was. I, I knew this to be true. You can have a really long conversation with someone via text and have no idea who they are. Like it's just, it's just so hard to tell anything from mm -hmm. from a text conversation. Yep. And so, so I would, you know, suggest a FaceTime as soon as possible. And so I FaceTimed a lot of people. It was really exhausting. Um, and some of them were super awkward. Some of them were great. And then, yeah, I wouldn't hear from someone again, you know, all the different things. But I, I knew that you have to just start to get face-to-face -face as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's one of the big mistakes that I see people making when it comes to online dating is just spending a lot of time texting back and forth with people. And then they've sunk like six months into this relationship that's just happened via text. And then they meet in person and there's like nothing there. It, it, it's just, that's not how relationships 
actually happen. It's how it's a great way for relationships to start or for you to find out another person exists, but you need to get on the phone, on FaceTime, in person, on a date to actually see if anything's really there. So getting there as soon as possible is a really great you know, mindset shift. Um, but then the other thing is I really, I've heard so many people say things like, there are no good guys online, or there's this app is terrible. There's no one good on this app. And that actually, that can be true depending on where you live. Some apps, some websites are more popular in some areas than others. Um, if you live in a really small town, then you know, a dating app might not have like the the population to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some times where you know you might need to try a couple of things, but I'll hear people throw in the towel as though like online dating, all of the people stink. And Mm -hmm. that's just, it's just not true. Um, what ended up happening with our babysitting situation is I was like, truly at the end of myself, I'm thinking, okay, do I stop working? Does my husband stop working? Like, what do, Mm. what do we do here? We have, we have to do something. And I gave it one more try. I responded to one more message and I got on one more FaceTime and I was like, I dragged myself there. I think I probably was like, hi, like, just <laughs> tell me, are you my person? Tell me if you are. If not, I, I need to go to bed. I just can't do this anymore. But she was, she was, she was our person and she was engaging and kind and funny and was looking for the, the same things that we were. Um, and she's, I mean, she's with the girls right now. And it just was this great reminder that for for her, what had happened on her end was she had um, just decided the day before that she was going to hop back on care.com and see if she could find a family that was a good fit. So she wasn't there until like that day. She was not there. And Mm. then she was because both of the timing just lined up for us. Um, and so giving it just another shot, like not throwing in the towel, not, um, buying into the idea that, you know, it'll never work. Everyone on here is bad. It's not true. It's, it just, it takes, it takes some time. Mm. Um, I don't know if you are a home goods shopper. Oh yeah. <laughs> Your listeners are home goods shoppers. <laughs> I mean, same. But the thing about home goods is like they always say, oh, maybe this is Marshall's specifically. Oh yeah. Seems, but like mm-hmm. they say, like your surprise is waiting. Mm-hmm. And it's because they get new inventory like truly every day. So mm-hmm. you can never go there looking for something. You just have to go and wander around with your like mm-hmm. coffee mm-hmm. and see like what just happens to be there. Yeah. And that really is true for finding a babysitter or online dating. Like you don't know what happened in that person's life. Yep. Something may have happened. I like go for it. Don't throw in the towel. So they go, okay, I'm going to reactivate my profile. They do. And you guys meet. And it's, it just, we just have to keep wandering around the store. We just have to give it yes. a little bit more time um, because it, you just don't know who's going to show up. Your surprise is waiting. Oh. <laughs> I think that is such a good picture though. I even think about this, you know, and you're, you're, you have the store example, you know, it's like, well, I didn't really see anything, but you know, I'm, uh, that's fine. I don't need to do it all today, you know? And so then it's, it is revisiting this thing over and over, but I think the long game approach is something a lot of times we don't approach it that way. We kind of think of it more like Amazon. Like I want to go online right now and pick out my husband, you uh-huh. know, I want to just put him in the cart, call it good, you know, That'd and so nice. <laughs> it is so much more of a wandering around the store type of experience. And so if we really did look at it that way, then we could just take it or leave it as we kind of are moving through this, you know, and I think this does go back to that point though, about scarcity, that if we're like, I need to connect with somebody right now. I want to meet somebody right now. Then you're possibly going to be disappointed when what you're looking for is not there, mm-hmm. or you're going to end up just picking something that is there yep. and not really finding what you want still. And, yep. but having this more long game browsing <laughs> sort of experience, I think also though, allows us to be more open to things that we would not have considered before. Because if we do go through the inventory you know, and we don't really see what we like and something new is added, then we might be more likely to say, Hmm, you know, I never really thought about that before, but we have to, I think we have to be careful though, in approaching that with criteria, at least though, to go, well, at least this is a new one. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) Like just because it's new doesn't mean it's great. But as you said, with your example, with the childcare provider, that sometimes it is just that timing, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and when we are doing things 
sensitive to the Lord's leading, like, yeah, we're going to have to do some action. We're going to have to put ourselves out there. We're going to have to step into the arena. Mm -hmm. It's not likely going to be the Amazon person, like coming up, (laughs) like guy coming up to our front door, but that God, his timing and his hand is in all of these things. And so for sensitive to that, and this is the the app the option that he might use. You know, he will make that tool effective at the time that's supposed to be. Yeah, and we can just continue to, you know, browse, and if we don't find what we like, then just go about our day, <laughs> and yeah. you know, visit it again at another again. point. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I think that's you're great. Ne- you're never going to find something, especially with something like Home Goods. Like you're never going to find something good if you're not going consistently. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's kind of, and you don't have to spend all day there. Like no. at some point you've like seen all there is, That's right. but they're going to have something new. Like it's going to shift and change tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so go back and, and just keep checking because yeah. truly like that, the idea that our babysitter was not online until mm-hmm. like that day, she, we were the first people she reached out to. And so if I had just thrown in the towel and been like, well, everyone on care.com is like not a good fit. It's that's like saying everyone that lives in the city of Chicago is a bad fit. Like that yeah. cannot possibly be true. It's just, right. that's just a perimeter and yeah. the people in it are constantly shifting and changing and are all different and have different things to offer. So you can't just like paint with a broad brush like that, but mm-hmm. we do have to show up. You yeah. like it's the, the chances of the chances of meeting someone great increase drastically, the more people we meet and the yeah. more time we devote to being present, mm-hmm. showing up. Mm, that's good. Now, when it comes to being present and showing up, I want to take this from another angle and consider like the meeting people in real life scenario. So some may say, mm, no, I don't want to do online dating. That's not my thing. I'd actually like, like to meet a person maybe who is involved in similar activities or interests. Maybe we know some of the same people and have some type of interaction that feels like maybe more organic, that feels perhaps like there's some connectivity already there, might feel even a little bit safer to go at it that way. But knowing how to put ourselves out there, how do I find this person? Like, how do I meet people? I always say like in the wild, like in the (laughs) habitat, like how do we meet a person in real life? What are some, some suggestions you have there? I mean, I I think it's similar in the fact that we have to be showing up. Um, I I love the the way that you said, you know, a different, like have activities in common, have friends in common Um, in order to meet someone who has, you know, similar interests or, you know, spends their time in a similar way. You have to have interests Mm -hmm. that you're acting on, you know, and, and that's not finishing your day and collapsing with takeout and Netflix, which is like truly my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Right. Like if you want to meet people, you actually have to show up at the book club or at, you know, the gym or at the, you know, the event at your kid's school or, you know, whatever the thing is, it really is. It's a numbers game. The more people we meet, the more likely we're, the, the more likely we are to meet someone great. Um, and so it really is just showing up as often as you can, like, don't make yourself crazy, but just commit to, to saying yes, to like going to the things and, and talking to the people. If, if anyone's like me, I get pretty shy in moments like that. And so Mm -hmm. I have to make like an actual goal and I have to say, I'm going to show up at three things this month or one thing a week. And I'm going to talk to three people I don't know. And I have to force myself to do it that way. Like I, I almost will like give myself a sticker on a chart, like, you know, <laughs> whatever good. it takes to motivate you because it's, cause it's hard. It's hard, mm. but the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. The more, you know, and, and really the more people you meet again, the more likely you are to meet someone great. The other thing is some of the ways that I've met the the best people in my life have been through like a couple different layers. Like, um, you know, sometimes we'll meet a new friend, you know, let's say you join a book club and you think maybe this is a place or a Bible study. You think maybe this is a place where I'm going to meet some great guy. And it turns out that like all the men there are married and there, but there are a couple of girls who end up being really great friends and you're happy about that, but you're also kind of disappointed because like, it feels like a flop in some ways. Mm. But the thing is, if you press into those friendships, not only do you have great new friends, but that next layer, like meeting friends of friends 
is, is a great way to meet someone new. And so that friend may be the person that introduces you to someone. So when they invite you to their Christmas party, you say, yes. Yeah. Um, that's how my sister met her husband. She went to a Christmas party. She was volunteering with this organization where it was all, um, women who were minimum 30 years older than her. Um, some of them were like in their eighties and nineties. They're just this really cool, um, like Bible study group of women. And she was truly by 30 years, the youngest person in it. And so she's thinking, there's no way I'm going to meet like a guy this way. It's all women. And they're all so much older than me. I'm like, I mean, but what a great place for mentors. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of them had a Christmas party and my sister showed up and one of the husbands brought one of his coworkers and my sister sat with him all evening and they talked and they had their first baby like <laughs> a couple months ago. So that's who she ended up marrying. Yeah. And, and it's just, you don't know who those people know. So show up to things, say yes. Um, and then the people you meet like they in themselves are so valuable and such a rich addition to your life. Mm -hmm. Also, it may be that next layer that opens you up to a whole new group of friends or someone who you may want to spend your life with. Mm -hmm. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear. God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, and you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. You said a couple of things that I want to go back to that were so great. The first one, the making a goal thing. I have done this. I have found it so helpful. And especially if you know that meeting strangers is scary for you. And if you've been hurt before, it is. I couldn't mm -hmm. even make eye contact with strangers. I was so, I would just look straight at the ground. And that is not good for my heart regardless of my relationship status, yeah. God does not want me to walk through my life afraid of other people to the point that I'm looking at the ground because I don't want either them to see me or me to see them and feel like perhaps there's a rejection, even just from somebody looking away from you. That's how rejection sensitive I was. And so my goal was, I'm going to make eye contact with people, not even men specifically. It was people. It is women. And then it was like, okay, now I'm, I can hold eye contact for three seconds, you know, at least like, yeah. and that would invite me though into that, like, oh, I can just smile at this person. Like, and that it's okay. You don't need to look at, they have a ring first. You know, if you smile at a man, it's okay. If you're doing it to everybody, then yeah. it's just something that you're developing a skill in yourself and you're just being friendly and yeah. really you're, you're shining the light of Christ when you do those things, you know, yeah. and it's like, there's always a, a, a bonus, you know, in these things. It's like, yes, we would love to meet somebody to be able to date, perhaps be in a relationship with, but how much more we're also getting to experience what it is to just connect with humans and mm -hmm. to offer light and receive it from other people. Mm -hmm. And where we were first, maybe afraid to engage in those things because they could bring rejection that instead now we get to experience Christ in them. So there's such a, a, a just life that comes even from those little interactions that then the thought of maybe even talking to a stranger is not as terrifying male or female. Right. Yep. And then going to a party is not as terrifying what you're talking about, you know, yep. like where if you stink at small talk, that's okay. You know, but this uh -huh. is how you move into that, that yeah. yeah, it's okay to have prepped questions and say, I'm going to meet at least one new person at this party or at this event or whatever. And it could even be things like, you know, volunteering at church, I think is another thing where it's like, if you are doing these things and you want to meet per a person who would also do these things with you, that if you, if you know the direction of where God would call you to in your life and using the gifts that he has given you, how to cultivate yourself and cultivate your relationship with God, cultivate that purpose, that inevitably, if it's something that God has ordained for you to meet another person, that's such a great way for that intersection to happen. And again, like yeah. resting in the timing of that, that at least you can enjoy yourself in the process. You can really get connected with the Lord and his people and yeah. what he's called you to do and how life affirming that is that then 
And this is what happened to me. It's like, if I meet somebody through this, how much better will this connection be? But if I don't, how much fuller my life is because I'm showing up for it. I'm showing up for myself. I'm showing up for God. I'm showing up for my kids. I'm showing up for my community. It's like, there's so much life beyond this. And no more than am I as intimidated about getting to talk to a stranger or maybe even talking to somebody that I know as I'm talking to you, like, yeah, this is not going to go anywhere. Like before where I'd be like, Oh, I want to hide under a table right now. It's like, I can just listen and I can just absorb the moment and go back and think about it later. Yeah. (laughs) But it just, that, that becoming brave in these instances is so incremental. It is so small. It is these small little things of saying, this is what scares me about this. And I'm going to challenge myself and just one little challenge at a time that your whole world can break open. Yeah. And you just experience such fullness and such a move of God that, that he has for you, regardless of this whole relationship type of, of, of um, concern. Yeah. I love everything that you just said is like the cry of my heart. Like it truly is just the, the ripple effect of these different things. It's you, there's just so much to gain. And only one of those things is a relationship. And even like you, what you have to bring to a romantic relationship, you have so much more to bring to the table to talk about on a first date. Like you are so much Mm -hmm. fuller of a version of yourself and, and you have such a full vibrant life to invite someone into yeah. plus like a, a strong relationship with the Lord, a, a deep connection to your community, like really great friends. Uh, I mean, just, there's so much that comes from it, but you're so right. It is so incremental and I'm not kidding about the sticker chart. Like, yeah, I feel like as moms, like we're great at the sticker chart. I have stickers, not for my kids. They're too yeah. young to, I mean, do anything, but eat stickers sure. at this point. But <laughs> Um, but truly like I can do, I can get myself to do anything. If I just am like, I need to see my practice. I need to see my progress. I need a place to track it. I need a place to say, like, I need to, to be able to look back and see all that I've done so far. Like Mm -hmm. because your, your accomplishments, your steps build on each other. And so you start to feel proud of yourself for like, look what I've done. Um, so whatever that looks like for you, I love, I love hearing your story in this. But I have to say, I mean, like now I have the ability to look back and be like, yes, you know, but, but if I'm being honest, like, and this is where the Lord can use even our not fully pure motives, like starting to volunteer was like, I hope I meet a husband, you know, like that was where I was like moving towards with some of these things. And God used that. He used that for me to actually find him and for me to find more of myself and what he's called me into to the point where I don't have that scarcity anymore because I've had all these really positive other experiences of why God wanted me in those situations, why he Mm -hmm. wanted me serving in those places that he showed me other people that I would have never connected with, but yet I gained so much from, because I would have been looking for a relation. I would have been looking for the ring. I would have been, you know, or I would have been only talking to guys, you know, those kinds of things instead of just absorbing everyone that he's put into my path at that moment, you know? And there's just, I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of times with trauma recovery, one of the things that as I've, you know, read and researched and stuff like that, that is so beneficial is not even always talking through the trauma, but having new positive experiences to replace the negative ones you've had. Mm -hmm. So if social experiences or relationship experiences, even maybe church experiences have been negative getting into a zone where you have new positive ones can build so much healing that when we talk about doing the work, like, yes, some of this is going to have to be questioning old patterns and not doing the old things, but it's going to be the ability to practice the new ones to see positive experiences come from those things so that now you have a new pattern that repeats, yeah. you know, but, and, it, and it's not always perfect, but one of the other challenges in this was as I had negative dating experiences, asking God, like, why do I keep having these bad experiences? And more or less, I got the, the, the sense that like, I just wasn't trusting God. You know, I was not, I was trying to get online and force one of these to work. You know, I wasn't really present use that word earlier, which is so great. Wasn't really present for where I was right now. And so a lot of this clarity came from a year 
plus it's still going, but a year of not dating at all. And to go back to that question of, am I ready? Yes, I did some dating. If you would have asked me now, if I would say, was I ready? It depends what you mean by ready. Like what you said before, as far as like, sometimes a heartbreak is actually not a failure. You know, Mm -hmm. those heartbreaks were actually me learning wrong patterns, me establishing, you know, establishing relationships based on the wrong things. And that's a success actually to see what I was doing wrongly in these interactions that was hurting me further and how God used all of that to open my mind to other possibilities and to my life as he has it right now to the point where I was able to even have the, the desire to say, all right, this is not working. I want to try something else. And if that means I need to stop doing something for a while. So I learned something like, okay, (laughs) you know, sometimes we have to get so frustrated that it moves us into the right, like the spot that we're supposed to be in, but that in stepping away from that and stepping into my life, now I feel so much more ready but I needed to, I needed to broach it. I needed to step towards it, see where the hurt was, see where the bad patterns were so that then I would be willing and open to doing something differently. And, you know, if like my advice is not going to ever be like, oh, you need to take a year off of dating. Like that's the answer. That's what the path was for me. And it wasn't yeah. something that I started out at the beginning saying, okay, Lord, like we're going to take a year off. <laughs> it really was just though me being uh, tired of the way I was doing it before and just thinking like, what if I just tried something else? What if I, or what if I really just didn't try? I think maybe that's it. Like, what if I just didn't make this such a focus of my life? Didn't put this as such a a thing in the middle. And, and what happened though, was I, you know, I would, loneliness is a real thing. And so that doesn't go away in the, you know, and it hasn't gone away in the midst of this, but it's, been where I'm no longer approaching things out of desperation because I've learned when that loneliness pops up to be like, okay, Lord, I need grace for this today. I need mercy for this today. I feel lonely. I need mercy to be a single mom today. This is just, this feels terrible, you know, and being able to cry out to him and knowing I'm heard and that I don't want to just feel loneliness with something that's really going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I, if I, in my loneliness, jump online, like that's not going to be good for me. It's like that hangry thing you were talking about. That's not going to be fulfilling. And I don't want that anymore. So Lord, I'm just, I'm going to ask you like supernaturally to get me through this moment. Yeah. And it does though, yeah. you know, and that's where those positive experiences also with the Lord come back to this whole thing where it's like, you can get through it. You can get through those times where you just feel so low and He just has so many other ways that he can fill that need that are not a relationship in drawing us into community and drawing us into the life that we have right where we're at and finding the goodness in it. It's hard. And there's still things that we wish were not part of it. It's not perfect, but this is a way that we can continue to move through a single season as long as it would be and find joy in it. Yeah. One thing I, you know, I love that you've been taking a break and, and I think that's such a beautiful thing to, to step back from anything and, and take a deep breath and get a new perspective. And, um, like a a reset is a really helpful Mm -hmm. thing. Um, one of the things that I found that I didn't know to look for. And so I just want to say this in case anyone's here right now. And like, so maybe this can like stick in the back of people's minds, when you've gone through a season where you've gone through something hard, healed from something hard, grown in a whole new way, and you feel like you are like, um, like truly coming out the other side different and better. And then you're like, okay, now I'm ready to like, w- like when you get to a place where you're like, I'm ready to start dating again. If it feels, if dating feels hard and you feel some old insecurities coming back up or something as you're putting yourself out there again, it, it doesn't um, like void the last year. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like I've needed that reminder at a whole bunch of different points. Like no matter what, putting yourself out there is scary. No matter what, trying to connect yourself in a relationship to someone else is vulnerable. It's like, it's 
just, it's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. Um, and so if it feels hard, it it doesn't, it's just because it is, but it doesn't invalidate any of the progress or the growth or the healing or the, um, like you, you still are in such a good place for this. Yeah. It just still is scary. And, and yes. I think that that fear is, um, <laughs> something that I just haven't known to expect. Yeah. But, um, that fear is really normal. And the fact that you may be feeling a familiar fear to last time, you know, doesn't mean that this last year doesn't exist. It still does. It just, um, it's just so scary. Yeah. No, I think that's really good because the, the fact of the matter is we're dealing with our own feelings. We're dealing with our own brokenness. We're dealing with another person's feelings and their brokenness, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I, I think is really good when we're looking at, you know, this, am I ready? It's like, are you ready to step into that for someone else too? Like mm -hmm. sometimes I think I know I looked at it kind of one side is like, I need this, <laughs> you know, I need somebody who's ready to step into my mess. And it's like, Ooh, but I also need to be sturdy enough to do that for someone else. Yeah. And sometimes that means being able to set a boundary. Sometimes that means putting distance between you and another person because it's unhealthy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the, 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 big things that changed in that year for me has been the ability to stand yeah. firmly and not move towards people pleasing, not move towards mm -hmm. caretaking, not move towards lowering standards or any of those kinds of things. And again, like I, I was saying though, it's when you've had some good, positive things that have happened, some growth that's happened, that becomes a lot easier yeah. but it doesn't mean it's easy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? yes. That's exactly the way to put it. It's easier and it's going to go better, yeah. but it doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean it'll be perfect either. Yeah. Um, and I just, I feel like I've needed that reminder. Like, no, you still grew as much as you thought you did. It just yes. is still hard. Yes. Um, but you're still so like all those skills and all that resilience and all that healing, like all of that still happened. Absolutely. It did. Um, but yeah, it's just still hard. Yeah. One more hard thing before we wrap up. One more hard thing is when maybe we have met someone and we're interested. Maybe there's some feelings that are starting to draw up for us and we're not really sure, like, what do I do with this thing? Especially because there's a lot of times in, you know, Christian culture, it's like, oh, the man does all of the, the moves and you just stay there. And, you know, but then you're stuck with all these feelings, basically like just like bubbling up all over the place. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give to a woman who finds herself in a situation like that? That is one of the hardest things that I have been through, like wanting to leave room for this person to pursue me, like not wanting to be the driver in the relationship or like wanting to at least be like, you know, co co-drivers. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to drag someone into a relationship with me or through a relationship. Um, it's nice to be pursued. I, you know, I wanted all those things. Um, but at the same time, figuring out like, okay, I do have feelings for this person and I'm sort of waiting for them to do something. Mm -hmm. How long do I wait? And it's hard because something that I've found about myself, and I think a lot of women are similar, is like we have a lot of hope. And we're able to find hope in all kinds of places. Like I found hope um, and encouragement in places where maybe it even wasn't there, you know, because I just really wanted this to work out. Um, and it, that, at least for me, it led to situations where I was stuck with, with feelings for someone for a really long time, sometimes years, just kind of yeah. waiting to see if they were going to reciprocate them or take action or be, or, you know, invite me into a relationship or, you know, just whatever kind of the next step was. And so the rule that I ended up making for myself after like way later than I wish I would have, I wish I would have done this way sooner, um, was give it some time, but not too much time, mm -hmm. like give it some time, but, but decide for yourself when enough is enough. So yes, it is intimidating to ask a woman out. Men have all kinds of things going on in their lives. Maybe he's trying to get over someone. Maybe he's in a busy season at work. Yes, yes, yes. Decide how long you're willing to wait and find out if that's going to change. And then it's time for you to move on. But you can't control him. You can't control all of the relationship. You can control half of it really. Um, but you do get to decide like how long you're willing to wait. And I would say... I don't know. I mean, I'm just, this is sort of a random number, but 
like five months max because five months is long enough for some things to shift in someone's life. It's long enough to get to know someone to know. You don't have to know if this is the person you're going to marry, but like there were times where I'd be like, maybe if I just showed him a different side of my personality, he'd be interested in me. And it's Mm -hmm. like five months is long enough to get to know me. Honestly, like five minutes (laughs) is like long enough to know if you want to ask me out or not. And so you're giving someone the space to like be figuring out their stuff, but then you're saying, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to wait after this point. And then when you get to that point, you can either distance yourself from the relationship. Like if there's a way for you to sort of give up on your own, walk away on your own, then you can do that. The other thing you can do is you can talk to them about your feelings. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if enough people talk about like doing this or how to do this as women, but this is a really powerful and important thing. And I'm really, really glad for the times that I did this where I said, Hey, listen, like, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last five months. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but like, I have feelings for you and I just need to know if, you know, how you feel so that I know whether to like, so that I know how to respond and how to move forward. Mm -hmm. And I found that like more times than, or more often than not, that relation or that conversation didn't turn out into like Mm -hmm. a relationship. It, It turned into like disappointment really, but I'm so glad for that disappointment because then I could disconnect and move forward so that I could connect to someone else. Because if really, if we're holding out hope for someone, there's just not room in our life for someone new that, that our, our heart is occupied, Mm -hmm. um, whether or not we're in an actual relationship. So I would say like, it's a, that's a boundary is deciding, I'm going to be graceful. I'm going to give you space. I'm going to let you be going through what you're going through. I'm willing to wait. I'm not willing to wait forever. Like how long are you willing to sink? How much time are you willing to sink into this relationship knowing that it may not work out? And I think for me, like if I could go back, I'd be like five months, you give it five months. And then after that, it's time. Like yeah, five months is plenty of time for someone to make a decision. Yes. And I think if you're saying that though, too, like five months, if that person has not approached you, sometimes with you being the one to do the approaching, you'll find out specifically why you'll find out, oh, well, because I'm actually dating this other person that you don't know about, or because, you know, whatever it is, that's the holdup for them. Then you kind of actually get to find out perhaps what that is, yeah. or maybe not. Maybe they just say, oh, thank you. You know, but like, It's one of those things where, and you just brought it full circle with saying disconnect. It's like our heart is tied up in these things. And so it does feel like you need to sort of have a breakup, like have a disconnect sometimes and get it over with. And sometimes with that is actually, I mean, it it stinks, right? But it's one of those things where it's like, but now I get, I get my heart back. I get the rest of my life back and I get to go see what, what is for me, you know? And ultimately that's a gain. Right. And truly what's helped me though, again, like just becoming stronger in the Lord, stronger in who he's made me to be not approaching things from scarcity. Then I don't feel like I'm giving a piece of myself away to say to somebody, I think you're really cool. I like you, you know, Uh that's like, who doesn't want to hear that? And so (laughs) it's like, if, if this is a friend, this is somebody that, you know, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, that's so flattering. Like everybody would like to hear that from someone that they, they know, you know, someone who's, who's invested some time. Like if somebody comes up to you across a restaurant, sometimes that's creepy. Cause it's like, you don't know me, like stop complimenting me. You don't know me. Right. But to get a compliment from someone that, you know, yeah, you know, that's some, that's a a gift to give somebody. And if, if we can, if we are able to have strength and, you know, have these little brave experiences and we have the ability to bravely step into that zone and just say, you know what, I think you're really cool. And if, you know, if, if it was something to spend more time together, like that'd be great, but not having the expectation, it's not a give to get, it's not, I'm putting down my whole self on the line. If, when we can step into that zone, then we at least can walk away with saying, I did something, I did a kindness for that person, you know? Like that I, person's they not thinking, that I noticed them. That person's not thinking, oh, wow, how embarrassing for you. Like, yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, that's so, yeah, that's so yeah. kind. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel the same way. I'm so sorry yeah. about that. But like there, you haven't actually lost anything. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I do think like, I, I think for the, the time limit, one of the things to, to evaluate is like how invested, like 
the longer it goes, the more we're invested. Mm -hmm. And the more, if someone comes back to us and says like, I don't share your romantic feelings, like it's crushing. And that is so much harder to hear after two years than it is after five months. And then the other thing is, um, you know, we sometimes feel hesitant putting things like, like there are things sometimes that are missing from our must have list, you know, Mm. the things that we're really looking for in another person. And, you know, I think we, we see someone who's like really cute and really charming and really fun and funny and has a great, you know, has great relationships and has, you know, a great job or, you know, just whatever the things are, but if they can't make up their mind over the course of five months, that is a deal breaker. That is not someone you want to be in a relationship with. If they can't commit to a person like that, you don't want to attach your life to that person. Um, so that's another thing is like, them not being able to decide if they like you and want to ask you out to coffee, that indecision is a yeah. deal breaker. And it's, it's so something unattractive, that, right? It's so unattractive. <laughs> yeah. But we just forget about that. We're like yeah. still trying to, or I'm still hanging on hope that he's going to ask me out. And it's like, well, he's showed you something hmm. that is a deal breaker by not asking you out. Yeah. Ooh. And I think we just forget to look at it that way. That is really good. Oh my gosh. Stephanie, we could just go on and on. And on I know. This. I know. <laughs> Uh, at the end of every conversation though, I do ask the guests the same question. And it is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? You're amazing. Like, you're just amazing. I, um, I don't know if we even really talked about this, but so my kids are, I have twin girls and they are 18 months old. Um, and so I'm in the thick of new parenthood and there were, days at the beginning of this when I honestly didn't know if I was going to survive. And I had so much help, but still this kicked my butt and, um, it's gotten easier. Mostly they sleep now. And so that has made everything easier, but I just, being a mom is a really beautiful thing. It is a really hard job. And, you know, for a million reasons, we're really hard on ourselves. And I just wish we could all stop. You are amazing. The, the work that you do as a mom to create these children, mm-hmm. to, to give them life, to, to sustain their lives, like the things that we do for our kids, they are amazing. And, um, so yeah, you, you, this is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. And if there are days when you feel like you're falling short, just know that like, this is not a small task that you're just like, yeah. Um, if you worked a little harder, you'd be better at it. Like yeah. if you were a little more disciplined, you'd be better at it. No, this is an, an enormous, gigantic thing. And you're doing a really, really good job. Mm. And then the other thing is like, you're amazing and you deserve someone who knows how amazing you are and treats you like you're amazing. And so if I'm adding things to your must-have list, let me put that on there too. Like if mm-hmm. they don't know that you're amazing and treat you that way and commit to you the way you deserve to be committed to, and love you consistently every day. Like that is what you deserve. You deserve absolutely nothing less because you're amazing. Thank you. I received that completely. (laughs) (laughs) I can never be reminded of that enough. Stephanie, would you tell listeners about your resources and how they can follow you? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Um, so it's cool because this conversation is so, um, just like right at the center of my heart. I have a course called Love Your Single Life. And um, it's uh, just one of the great joys of mine to get to teach it. We've had more than 6,000 women go through it so far, which is a mind-blowing thing to me. But it just it really has been such a gift to get to share the things that I learned along the way, share the things that I learned from people who are smarter than me, things I learned the hard way, um, and to just get to be a friend and a cheerleader and a guide through a season that's really hard and really confusing. Um, so that's one of the things I have a podcast called Girls Night. Um, and really all my resources, you know, my books, my everything, there's a whole bunch of things. Um, they can all be found at my or on my website and it's stephaniemaywilson.com. Awesome. And I will include links in the show notes to make it easier for the listeners to find all the resources. But thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, I've got a couple of others that I can suggest for you. Check out episode 89, Meeting Your Match, How to Know What You're Looking For and Date in Ways to Find It with Dr. Christy Kadarian. You might also enjoy episode 82, Learning to Trust After Trauma, God, Yourself, and Others with Christy Blackburn. 
We'd love to invite you to get involved with the Plus One Parents community. You can join us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. And on Facebook, you can join our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Also at plusoneparents.org, we are constantly adding new resources related to all of the topics that we cover here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. That's everything from parenting to dating to spiritual and emotional well-being. If you'd like to stay up to date on the new resources as we release them, you can join our mailing list there as well at plusoneparents.org. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.